Welcome to Sexual Craftsmanship, the podcast that teaches you how to develop sexual confidence and become a better lover using a system of practice suited for dating and sex in today's world. No experience necessary. And now, here's your host, certified sex coach, sociologist, and mega nerd, Sarah Martin. Hello, craftsmen. How are you doing today? Over here on my side, I am pretty great and pretty jazzed up about one thing in particular, which is that I've gone a bit back to my roots and recommitted in a big way to Reddit, my first and favorite home on the internet. So I now start my days every day spending 30 minutes sorting by new and answering people's questions about dating, sex, and relationships. So if you found your way to the podcast through Reddit, hi, lovely to have you here. And if you suddenly see me popping up around Reddit, well, that's what's going on. I've also started a subreddit for this podcast over at Our Sexual Craftsmanship. So you can feel free to follow the podcast there if Reddit is also your home on the internet. And I am very excited today because it's that time again. It's time for the next Her Side episode of the Sexual Craftsmanship podcast. And the Her Side episodes are special episodes where I interview guests to get her side of the dating, sex, and relationship experience with men in STEM. And I decided to create the Her Side episodes because very many people I know, and in particular thinking about my system thinker friends in STEM, one thing that they really crave is feedback, right? Feedback is the pathway to iteration and improvement. And while we deeply desire it, it's often not possible to receive feedback in the context of sex and relationships. And so this episode, these Her Side episodes are an opportunity to hear one person's story and listen for what you can learn and for where you can see yourself in this experience. What I'm sharing with you today is an excerpt of the extended interview that I did with this guest. The extended and only roughly cut interviews are available to patrons only And so if you would like to support this podcast and get access to all of the Herside interviews, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Sarah Martin and all the details are there. So today we'll meet Yeva. She's a late 20s woman from Lithuania with a special affinity for Linux users. I'll let Yeva introduce herself in her own words. I'm currently working as a software developer, and before that, I studied physics for my bachelor and master, so I kind of in the STEM field myself for a while now, and that kind of leads to some of geekier hobbies, like I like board gaming and reading books, uh, sci-fi ones sometimes, but I also have different, not not only purely geeky, I suppose, hobbies like Mm -hmm. art, going to concerts, going to art exhibitions, psychology. I'm really interested in self-improvement and stuff like that. And now I'm going to be bringing you into my conversation with Ieva right around the beginning, where Ieva is about to share with us her dating experiences. Have a listen and enjoy. 
Could you tell us a little bit about your dating life? So how do you typically meet people? And what do you enjoy doing on dates? And maybe some of the things you just shared in terms of hobbies. I don't know if those are also date related. But yeah, I'd love to hear that from you. Yeah, okay. So I'm actually been dating for quite a while now because my last long-term relationship was like five or six years ago. And mm-hmm. since then, I've been dating on and off, mostly uh, via all of those dating apps like Tinder and Bumble and OkCupid. Mm-hmm. And the dates are the first dates are usually uh, just going for drinks because I find that most casual and relaxing and chill and just not adding additional attention to the conversation. And the uh, other hobbies I think comes into play if the dating goes past the first date because then it's mm-hmm. board games and going to concerts and stuff like that is a nice activity via which you can check if you have something in common. Yeah, absolutely true. I would tend to agree. And I'm wondering too, uh, what kind of relationships have you experienced and which do you prefer? So what I mean by that, that can include things like one night stands, casual sex, friends with benefits, short-term dating, long-term dating, maybe even marriage or polyamorous relationships, BDSM relationships, etc. Like I'm wondering what, what have you experienced and what do you prefer? So I think I have experienced a little bit of most, like the most common types of relationships, like long-term dating and short-term dating, and had a sort of a period of one-night stands in the Mm -hmm. last five years of dating. Um, I would like to have more long-term relationships, but for now I'm somehow stuck with the short-term ones. Hmm. All right. And... I'm wondering too, so within, so we're we're kind of setting the context here before going in a little bit deeper about men in STEM. And I'm wondering what experience do you have dating men in STEM? Like, have you had a past partner who's been from science or technology or several um, or someone that you've currently been seeing? I'm just wondering what experience do you have with the people that are my listeners specifically? Yeah, so the last long-term relationship that I had was actually with a guy from STEM fields. He was also studying physics at the time. Mm-hmm. And probably two of my biggest crushes were also guys in STEM fields. Oh. And I tried to kind of count the percentage of the guys that I dated in these short-term dates period. I think about half of them were also in STEM fields. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, have you noticed, like, are you specifically attracted to men in STEM? Like, are they a type for you? Or when you were looking about this and thinking about it, I mean, was it mostly coincidence? I think there's definitely a type because I'm really attracted to the sort of know-it-all Linux-using type of guy. (laughs) (laughs) Could you tell me more about that? Why specifically the Linux-using type of guy? I don't know. It just... Actually, all the guys that I had a stronger crush on had that, that they were Linux users, like hardcore Arch Linux using type of guys that know how to hack things for themselves and have some custom setups for sound and stuff like that in their home. And I just find that fascinating. Wow, that's awesome. I think that's the kind of thing that if you pop that on a dating profile, you might get some really interesting responses. Only only holler back if, if you've got like hardcore Linux usage going on. 
But in any case, I'm wondering, um, thinking just a little bit more generally here too, before we dive in a bit deeper, what would you say are the most important things you look for in a partner, apart from, you know, some of this kind of more know-it-all and hackability? I think curious mind is the thing, both in terms of like general things, knowledge, and a lot of topics to talk and share things about, but also in terms of like connection and self-improvement and building. I I think that really helps to build a relationship that could last longer. Yeah. So with that all in mind, I'd love to dive in and talk a little bit more about thinking about those people you've dated or past partners you've had that have specifically been men in STEM. I'm wondering if you can remember when it comes to these men, do you remember who asked who out? Did you ask them out? Did they ask you out? How did that come about? So the long-term relationship, I think, was kind of initiated by the guy because we met at some students thingy and then he started, he kind of got my email to send me some books and then started uh, talking a lot with me. But from the dating apps, I think I'm usually the one showing more initiative because I'm kind of impatient and really want to get to know people. And then I drive the initiative before they get a chance to, maybe. Okay. So a mix of both, but that on the online dating apps in particular, you find you're the one doing the asking first. Yeah. And and is that principally where you've met the partners in STEM? You mentioned one was a classmate who got your email to send you some books, and that otherwise you've met folks through online dating apps. Is there anywhere else you you tend to have met men in STEM, or is that principally those two places? The dating apps are definitely the majority of cases. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was something in the university, some... Some relationship began from the common acquaintances, but majority is dating apps. Okay. And so now, diving into some of the the really juicy bits to get your side on, I'm wondering, in your point of view, what are the best parts of dating men in STEM? So, mostly their minds. I think it's the, the men in STEM, from my experience, have a lot of areas they are interested in, areas they can talk a lot about. And that's from one thing, it's very inspiring to see how people can spend a lot of time on something, know so much about it. And I think I even picked up some hobbies or interests uh, from the guys that I've dated. Yeah, basically, I guess that those are those things that they are interested in stuff themselves, they can kind of teach you about it. And they're very passionate. And that inspires me greatly. Yeah, I was wondering if you were going to mention passion. It's so interesting because the more interviews like this one we're doing today, this is something that comes up again and again and again. So guys, pay attention to this. Your passion is attractive. (laughs) Like I'm collecting the evidence and presenting it to you here. So don't hide those things. Um, Though I know some of you couldn't even if you tried. But in any case, so thank you for that. Eva. And I'm wondering then the other side of the coin. So what's frustrated you about dating men in STEM or what have been the worst parts of that experience? I think it's kind of the weakness of a strength scenario because these guys can be really absorbed in their work, in their ideas, in their passions. And then I think the 
emotional side kind of could be lacking and they sometimes felt quite emotionally unavailable or it sometimes felt like the work uh, or the hobby is the first priority and it's kind of could be hard to get their attention to get them away from their computer and stuff like that. All right. And guys, pay attention because this also keeps coming up. When you're in a relationship with someone, it really helps to find some boundaries around the work and the passions. Because am I right? It's it's sort of the other piece of being really passionate is that sometimes folks get extremely absorbed in that which they're passionate about. Do you find, because you mentioned right at the beginning that you're also working as a software developer, do you sometimes find that you get really caught up in work too? Or do you find that it happens more with the men that you see? I'm just wondering if it's something that also happens for you too. I think I noticed that in the men more because in myself, I feel a strong desire to have a work-life balance. And if I spend my working day on the computer, I really, really want to do something different after work. And I don't get that absorbed. I, I sometimes envy the guys that because I think it's very nice feeling to have something that gets you in the state of the flow that you can spend all weekend in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought about one more thing from the drawback side, because I think sometimes the guys that are really smart, they kind of look down on the emotional thing. Like, mm. why are you so emotional? And like, this is nonsense. Why do we even have to talk about it? So I think that also part of the same thing because they're very strong intellectually Mm. and not maybe that familiar with the emotional things. Mm. And have you noticed like variability with that or has that been a pretty consistent part of your experience so far? Like, do you see some guys that are actually quite fluent when it comes to emotions or welcoming of them? Or is this something that's been a fairly consistent part of your experience? I think with the know-it-all type of guys, it was quite consistent but Mm. I've also tried dated some less self-assured type of guys and I think they were a lot more flexible with these things that's really interesting thank you and now I've got a couple of questions related to I don't know what I tend to term secret knowledge and my listeners love this stuff so I'm wondering what have you noticed that's been really great about dating men in STEM that they might not even be aware of at all. That's really good. Yeah, so for these less self-assured kind of guys, I kind of want to encourage that they shouldn't feel uncomfortable about that because I think that gives them a lot of benefit in terms of being able to sort of meet the partner halfway because when you're not too strict about your position, I think it's easier to get into the dialogue and that's a very great uh, trait for a relationship. Mm. And for the know-it-all type of guys, when talking with them, I noticed that what comes up a lot is complaining that they don't have what to talk about with women. (laughs) And I kind of think that they, usually when they are very passionate, they are also great teachers and really great at educating people about the things they like and I think that they kind of could use it for to engage the women into the topics that they feel passionate about and to be able to talk to them about it. Hmm. So what you're seeing there what I'm hearing is that (laughs) 
that that complaining about having nothing to talk about is kind of ridiculous when you understand that these folks are often also great teachers and are passionate about the thing that they'd love to talk about, right? Yeah, but I think they kind of have this weird image of women that they won't be interested in their topics because they are only interested in shoes or some other weird stereotype like that. And they maybe don't even bring up those topics. Yeah, yeah, that can happen. And and the thing that frustrates me in in this role as as a sex coach working with clients who sometimes, yeah, they'll they'll sometimes say things and it kind of twigs off in my head. Well, number one, there's 3.5 billion women in the world. We're not all one particular way. But then the other side of the coin is if what you really want is a life and a relationship where you can talk to your partner or your partners about the things that you're really passionate about, be that, I don't know, the visible spectrum of light or rocket science or the newest developments in in software development, like if you hide that or just assume that no woman ever wants to talk to you about it, how are you ever going to get to experience those things? You see what I mean? It's kind of self-defeating from the very beginning. So yes, guys, listen right here. If you're wanting to find women that will be excited by your passions, even if, even if she doesn't know in depth because it's not her passion, there can be such a great energy around exchanging and getting to learn and not being with someone who's exactly like you as well right yeah and yeah I think even if the there are type of people that can be very excited sort of just reflect your excitement and want to know more about it and I think that could also be a nice way of communication yeah I mean it's it's it feels really nice when you can see excitement about your passions reflected back at you, even if they're not by someone else who's also hardcore into whatever you're into. So I think that makes a really good point. And continuing with this theme of secret knowledge, I'm wondering as well if you've noticed anything among men in STEM that's an instant turnoff when it comes to dating someone that they might not even realize is so off-putting. Yeah, I think... There's but the know-it-all vibe there sometimes comes uh, a little looking down on people and just the general vibe that other people are idiots. And I really dated guys like that. And I, in time, I get tired of all this. Everybody gets it wrong and I get it right kind of thing. And I'm just wondering, how has that come up? in in your interactions is it them directly saying oh all these people are idiots or is it a bit more passive like oh you wouldn't understand like I'm just wondering how have you observed that behavior coming up I think it was even in the little things like being angry when getting out of the bus that people are standing too close and they are so stupid that they don't understand that they need to make room and just like basically getting angry about little things because everyone should know better because you obviously know better. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds really unpleasant, actually, (laughs) to uh, imagine it in my mind. Yeah, but we're kind of the... I was young and the guy was young, so like in in early 20s, I hope that now he's more mature about it. Mm. 
But yeah. even I have I have a friend that likes to say that everyone is an idiot, like sort of in a fun and charming way. But I think a higher concentration of that could be less charming. Wow. What a fascinating conversation. Yeva shared some real helpful insights about dating, the impressions that we make, and what really matters. I also offer my her side guests the opportunity to share what message they would like listeners to take away from the conversation that we had. And I would love to share with you now exactly what Yeva had to say. I think the common humanity thing that you mentioned is what resonates with me mostly. It's not to put such a huge boundary that we are guys and they are women and they are completely different because there's a lot of shared things that we can connect over. Well, I'm totally on board with the message of common humanity. What are you taking away from today's episode? Where did you see yourself in Nieva's story? Are you going to mention your custom Linux setup on your dating profile from now on? <laughs> Remember, you can get access to the extended and only roughly cut interview by becoming a patron and supporting this podcast. You can find that over at patreon.com forward slash Sarah Martin. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend about it. You can also follow or subscribe to be sure that you never miss an episode. And you know what? Please feel free to go ahead and leave a review. That could be fun. <laughs> and either way, I will catch you right back here next week. Thanks for listening. If you want to jump right into the sexual craftsmanship process, head on over to sexualcraftsmanship.com backslash friendzone and download your free guide to avoiding the friendzone for good, including five exact scripts you can use today. 